Welcome to Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Raj, Zach. Hey there. Hey, hey, hey. Today we got the weekend preview. Our weekend previews, they come out on Thursday just because we're looking out for you guys with next day ads going into Friday and stuff like that. I want to kind of plug our mailbag that's coming up on Tuesday. You guys can hop in the Discord, drop something in the mailbag channel if you want to get something kind of deep dived on the show. Deep dove, is that right? Deep my Dovin? Deep divin? Dovin? Anyway. Uh, yeah, we got to. <laughs> it's definitely not Divin. <laughs> we got a we got a channel on the Discord for like deep dives. If you want to like deep dive a hot player, a cold player, this streak, that streak, some situation, whatever, we'll do it. Storylines for this week: Carolina games have been postponed. Florida loses another two games. The first two to Dallas. Now another two to Carolina. Can I can I run this conspiracy theory by you guys? Like tinfoil hats. You ready? I'm a big fan of conspiracy theories. All right. Give her. So Florida, and not just Florida, so all teams, but Florida in specific has lost four games that are going to be played later on. Their schedule is just becoming more exponentially condensed. It's already a condensed schedule, and Florida now has to fit four games later into their season. Before I like get into anything, um, the regular season ends May 8th, and the playoffs start May 11th. So it's only three days. Florida already has four games postponed, so it's not like they can play those four games in those three days. So it's got to happen at some point during our fantasy hockey season, unless you're one of those guys that opted out of the last week this season. So, so begins my theory as games continue to get postponed. We're looking at an already condensed schedule and it's going to get more condensed. So when we're deeper into the season, when all these postponed games start coming up, we're going to be met with a lot of sit or start questions. So my theory and it's something I've always done anyway, but now, like, I think more than ever, start punching two to one trades to everybody in your league as much as you can to bolster the top half of your roster. I think the second half of this season is probably when they're going to throw all these postponed games in. So if you're making up Florida games, if you're making up Dallas games, Carolina games by now, and it's not going to be the last time this stuff happens, you're going to be faced with a lot of those sit start. Do I bench this guy? Whatever. If you start dealing away that second tier of your roster players paired with like a bottom tier of your roster guys for a top tier guy, you're going to, your output's going to be so much higher. You're not going to have those questions. Like you, you're going to play Malkin. The, I think the, the example that I was thinking about was like hurdle and Jacob Chikrin for a Malkin right now, because Malkin has been one of the more um, kind of buy low pieces. Yeah. He's a, he's a buy low, you know, he scored a power play goal last game, but people are frustrated with him. Like, Oh my God, it's been four games. He's only got one point. Key in on those buy lows and sell your sell highs. I know I feel like I'm kind of just patronizing everybody that might be listening, but this year, more than ever, I think two for one deals where you're upgrading the top half of your roster is going to be important because we've been, what, two weeks of hockey and two teams have already come down with COVID and, and two games need to be postponed. And then the Capitals, the four players are on COVID protocol right now. Who knows if the next two games with Buffalo are going to get canceled. It's going to happen a lot. 
And as we continue down the schedule, it's going to get more condensed. You're going to have more play, more players playing more games. So I just think like bolstering the top half of your roster is, is the way to go. You know, like, especially if you know, that, that second tier of player is replacement value. Cause there's guys out there like uh, Jacob Chikrin, Alexander Romanov and Rasmus Anderson are kind of like the three hot topic guys right now. And everybody wants to add all three. So if you can sell a Chikrin, get a Malkin and like pair your Chikrin with a hurdle and then pick up a Romanov on the fucking waiver wire if he's still out Sounds there. Sounds like a recipe. <laughs> First <laughs> success. I'm, I'm going down my rabbit hole a little too far, but I think like hitting this vodka a little hard. But uh, anyway, I hope my point has 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 made it so sorry for usurping anything what do you guys think about this because i want to get outside opinions if there's like a uh if there's a hole in my theory at all well i think it's it's fair um if anybody is willing to trade me malkin for chicken i'm fucking there any day of the week i don't care what year it is (laughs) um so if you can if you can pair two guys for a malkin like yeah i know that old trick and i use it all the time too but uh, I I think you're right. Like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of um, decisions to be made later. There's going to probably be a lot of games piled into the last two to three weeks of the season because there isn't a lot of runway at the end of it, right? Which which I get where TJ is coming from because he's saying at that time, that's when I'm going to have to sit people. Don't you just fucking hate points on your bench? And you're like, damn, I have like... 20 points just sitting on my bench because yeah. I picked the wrong people like an idiot. That's that's kind of the cliff notes is what I'm getting at is get rid of all those guys that you are debating between. Package them and just sell them for players that you're sure. Idea. My roster is like, I don't know, 15% top tier guys, 40% mid tier guys, and then like whatever the rest of the math is, bottom Some tier guys. Dregs. Some, Some drags. Some drags. Yeah, just like mostly guys that I'm like, I don't know if he's going to have a good game or whatever. Get rid of that middle tier. Just get rid of it and try and go 50-50. If you can get to like, you know, 30% of your roster is top tier guys, you're not going to have those type of questions later on when things stack up and get that much more condensed. You're going to have guys that you're like, duh, I'm starting this guy. Duh, I'm starting this guy. And you're not going to have bench guys. You're just going to have streamers that are roster fillers when you have off days. That's that's true, but like I said, that's kind of like always the strategy, though. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> yeah, like my, yeah. my, my <laughs> rule with trades has just always been whoever gets the best player wins. I don't care what else is involved most of the time, because you can always make up the the lower guys, right? And I think that's a good strategy, and it'll be exaggerated. But I think another couple of things to to help with that issue is you know multi-positional guys are actually going to be worth a little bit more because you're going to need to do a lot more flexibility line juggling in those last couple of weeks there might even be some times like in redraft leagues where in the last week you might actually have to do the reverse is like drop somebody who's pretty good because you might end up with like an elite player but they play you know one game in the last week where another team might have a mid-tier guy who's going to play four because their schedule gets all crazy you know you could start looking at guys like look at you know long-term guys on florida guys on dallas carolina um, these teams who are going to have a big pile of games at the end you could kind of just keep an eye on if you could make a sneaky trade you know maybe like a guy like say like ajo's kind of had a slow slow start too right so towards the end of the season that's kind of an elite player 
people are a little low on right now and is probably going to have a pile of games at the end. So you can kind of start looking at those those strategies and can already start to piece together who those players might be, right? Or like a Sagan might come back. And Dallas is going to have a pile of games at the end. And, well, you can get him for next to nothing right now. Like just stash him in an yeah. IR for a mm-hmm. for a useless fringe player right now. Except my IR is already filled <laughs> with you know players. I, I in in some of my leagues I don't have I don't have that option. You have Couturier. I, I have Couturier just sitting on my bench because in that league, you know, I have a couple Dallas players or you know a, a, a Burakovsky or something like that. I don't have I don't have that luxury. I mean, put it this way: yesterday, like, because postponed t- games aren't IR usable, right? Like, so, like, on one team yesterday, I lost nine man games yesterday, Jesus. just to to postpone games and a Couturier injury all on one team, and I basically ended up with from a full stack day down to like three guys playing, and that all happened last minute. So, yeah, it's <laughs> it's a different kind of thing, but. There is it is going to be interesting to see how the games pile up at the end of the season. That was just something that I kind of that I was thinking about that this season's only going to get more condensed. So why roster those guys that are kind of fringy and just start, you know, just package, especially if your waiver wire is full of like if you if you look at your waiver wire and you think to yourself like I wish I could have all three of these guys, then you're probably in this scenario where you should just be stacking that top of your your roster, I think. It's it's a rabbit hole. I'm still kind of working it out in my mind. A lot of it is uh, fueled by substances, either alcohol <laughs> or marijuana. But it, it you know it was fun to wear the tinfoil hat. I tried that move on Jayhar the other day, and he didn't bite. Well, he's sharp. All right. Uh, sorry to hijack like the the first bit of the show here, but it's something you know I haven't heard before, and I'd, I'd like to bring up. And this weekend stuff. sucks anyway. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> um, all right, let's do the injury report. Mika Zibanejad did not practice today. There is a little bit of clarity. He's expected to be in the game on Friday. Matt Grizzlick, he's playing. He's good to go. Pasternak skating, but on in a no-contact jersey. There has been no clarity on Linus Olmark. He has some personal issues. Apparently, it's, it's weighing pretty heavily, so I just hope everything's positive, peaceful over there. But um, there's there's no news so far. So we are following this one. It's just we don't we don't know when Olmark's coming back. Uh, Frank Kuz, Francois, Francos, Francos, day to day with a lower body injury. Hunter Miska was called up on an emergency basis. I don't think I'm touching Hunter Miska. Uh, Andre Barakowski, upper body injury. Uh, Tim Stutzla, day to day, won't play tonight, but apparently it's not serious. Morgan Frost just put on IR today. And Philippe Myers, we should have updates tomorrow morning. But for you guys, it'll be Thursday. So, like today is when we're going to, when you guys are going to find out future people. Uh, COVID corner. This is where we're going to get. There's another rabbit hole. Uh, Josh Bailey is down with like COVID stuff. And then four of the Washington Capitals, including Ilya Samsonov, Dmitry Orlov, Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov. There's a lot of folks out there saying it's Vanisek season. But I think, you know, you lose Kuznetsov and Ovechkin and Orlov. Uh, I don't know if I want to touch a goalie that's going to rep that lineup without those guys. Yeah, no, no. Before before the other night, though, he didn't look that bad. He did not look good against the Penguins. Yeah, that's fifty percent of his Casey game. Dis- Casey DeSmith looked so bad in that game. He just got lucky that his team scored more goals. <laughs> that's true. The uh, team that has more goals wins. Yeah, well, if true, and then you take Ovechkin out of the picture, and guess which team is going to have more goals? <laughs> it's not going to be Washington. Yeah. Well, they are they are playing Buffalo. 
And I know they're like perceived as one of the weaker teams, but they have been pretty surprising early. Like they they torched Philly the other night. But like, do you want the goalie that's that's going to have this top six panic, Dick Panic, Nick Backstrom, uh, Tom Wilson, and then Vrana, Eller, and Oshie? And the only reason I have panic on the top line is because Vrana and Eller do have serious chemistry. So I I mean, it could be Vrana line one, but I don't know. You just wanted to say his name. Admitted. Dick Panic. Yeah, man. Just He's a good for a stream every now and then. Every now You'd and then. You'd be surprised. You know what? They had they had uh, Daniel Sprong. Is it Daniel or David? I think it's Daniel. 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 Okay. Daniel Sprong. Yeah, you'll learn. I'll learn your name when you meet something. He was in the top six the other day when they had uh, Oshie on line three. So it very well could be Sprong that gets into the top six. He is 0% owned. Uh, Verana, 75% owned. He's probably going to get top power play in the meantime. Uh, but what's the top power play without Alexander Ovechkin? There's still some pieces there. He's going to get more minutes. So is Lars Eller, 4%. He's going to pick up some extra time in the short term. There's two top power play guys down, uh, but I don't think Eller goes up just for the face-off power play two shit. Yep, that's it. Right on. Patrick Line news? No. So he skated for 10 minutes. Sorry, I think I maybe I did have that on here. He skated for 10 minutes today during practice, but uh, left. So I think he's still still outsies. Mm. Boo. It's the only reason Nino Niederreiter is on line one in Carolina is because they're making room for, for line eight. Keeping the seat warm. That would be crazy. That, you, do you want to go down rabbit holes? That's pretty fucking crazy. How would you feel about having Gary Busey so close to your house? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. You might actually convert him to a, a Canes fan if that happens. All right, let's let's uh, let's do this weekend preview, man. The, right. the kind of like namesake of this episode. So Sunday's packed. You might not need any of these streamers. Like usually what we like to do on the weekend is like Sunday streamers. Sunday's got 11 games. Thursday has seven. Friday has eight. Saturday has six. Like this is the weirdest weekend that, that we've encountered, you know, in, in a good time. So like every day except Sunday is kind of an off night. It's very non-traditional. Uh, the schedules I like are Colorado, Winnipeg, Los Angeles. Where are you guys at? I like those. I think I had, uh, I mean, Colorado's got three games against their division, which is all garbage. So, you know, L.A. and a couple of Anaheim. Colorado doesn't have a ton of free players to pick up is the only issue there. Yeah. One guy I had, though, is after la- literally last episode, I said dump him, which was Gerard. He's pr- he is back on the wire in a lot of leagues, and you might be able to snag him up for a couple of games. And then yeah. dump them again, but I do like Colorado. Uh, obviously, they have a couple of s- you know, serious scoring outbreaks already. You know, on Colorado. So we talked about Burakovsky for a little bit. I think now, when you know his stock is a little bit low, if he is out there on the waiver wire, now is the time to go get him. You know, for free, a hundred percent. He he should be coming back. You know, somewhat soon. In his stead, though. Is Jonas Donskoy playing on that second line? One percent, one percent owned. Jonas Donskoy. He's he's not getting any power play time, but he's chipping in. I don't know if anybody noticed, but he had uh, an assist in last game, a goal in the game before that. Blocking, he's hitting. He has two of each. Jonas Donskoy, I feel like, is the guy to pick up with Burakovsky not around. Now, when Burakovsky comes back, that's all null and void, and Donskoy is back to the third line. But every time somebody goes out in that top six. Usually you hear about Donskoy's name. You know what's the the middle three letters of Donskoy, right? Sko, baby. Fucking Sko. Gerard, this is a good one. Um, 43% available, four points in three games. It looks like a hot streak that I kind of don't trust. Uh, We highlighted him in Tuesday Trends, like you were saying, with Ian Cole for a Greg Patteron trade. I think that kind of makes way for Bowen Byram. So I'm a little concerned for his power play two time. That's the only kind of 
red flag about Samuel Girard other than, you know, he's scoring at over a point per game, which I don't trust. Um, Devin Tays boys, 33% owned one hit nines blocks, 23 minutes average time on ice, even strength deployment, typically with Kale McCarr. Uh, he's got a goal. Both goals are on the power play. Sorry. So it, I mean, it's probably not sustainable, but it's kind of the perfect time to stream one in. That's going back to Sam Girard too, as these unsustainable streaks, if they continue, it's a good time to stream somebody. Two goals on two shots for Devin Tays. Um, not gonna, not gonna keep happening. What do you guys think about Brandon Saad? Brandon Saad, I don't think about him very often at all. Okay, <laughs> Zach, you it's just look so, so disappointed in me. <laughs> if you guys could see Zach's face for just that moment, he closed his eyes and like was and just short like of sighed just like face and put palm. my head down. No, this is why because like. While looking through all this, obviously I saw Brandon Saad's name. Right, he's and, in the top six. How could I not bring him up? You know. Yeah, I I get it. I just I just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm a Saad panda. Oh, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I just don't trust him. He has burned me in the past a few times. So has he? Exactly. Yeah, yep. exactly. It's, it's a personal thing. He could hold out. Exactly. He could keep playing well, but he's. He, but he does. I thought I'd be sneaky it. several but times in the past, it. and every time I like, slide him in there, and then he does nothing, and I slide him out and hope no one noticed I ever picked him up. And, a team that uh, I came around on uh, schedule wise and player wise is, is actually Detroit. They got a couple of games you know, in Chicago, they got a sloppy game coming up on Sunday. And yeah, like you're saying, it's it's a it's a two set. So yeah. those games are going to be wide the fuck open. I was thinking about those being a barn burner. I've noticed uh, Bertuzzi is available a lot, and uh, Bobby Ryan's available. Bobby a lot. Ryan, there's got to be some Zadina on the wire. Hey, Bobby Ryan, <laughs> got another goal. Son of a bitch. That's what he does. He scores four goals and then he goes dormant like a fucking cicada. Yeah, exactly. seventeen years. <laughs> Yeah, now he's a good candidate because no one's no one's trusting his hot start yet. Like people don't seem to be jumping all over him as a hot player, so he's usually around. No, because you know the bottom's gotta fall yeah. out. It's gotta fall out. Like I had I had him on as one as one of my guys yeah. last time. I don't think he's gonna keep it up though. No. I'd risk it for the for two games against Chicago on the weekend, especially if you need that seventeen pims. Look at this stat line, man. Four goals, seventeen pims. Seven shots, three hits, two blocks. This is all through three games. He's 21% owned. Just looking through the Red Wings here, like Larkin is 84%. Jesus Christ, 16% of leagues you can pick up Larkin. Crazy. Jesus. Clowns. Tyler would be in that league. Tyler Bertuzzi, 26%. Anthony Mantha, 50%. Not something I imagined myself saying this year. Philip Ronick, 25%. You know, they're still figuring out what the fuck they want to do with that top power play, but... There's a lot of availability here and Zadina, 6%. They're playing Chicago. <laughs> There's going to be no defense in those games whatsoever. Mm-hmm. There's going to barely be any offense. Like, I mean, I guess the, just the be reverse could be to said too, right? Chicago, if there's anybody hanging around everybody's given yeah. up on chicago and detroit so there's lots of players to pick up in a lot of leagues wide open so winnipeg has a pretty pretty sweet schedule coming up here um just looking at their weekend where we got ottawa so, and edmonton i believe i mean winnipeg's got ottawa on thursday twice ottawa yeah. saturday and then edmonton on sunday so no goaltending to be found there really josh morrissey and paul stasny kind of just like you know, the go-to guys when we're talking about Paul, St- like uh, when we're talking about Winnipeg availability, 
Josh Morrissey, top power play. I think it's just like this has been said all over the place. And it's kind of what we were talking about last week, too, is that it's probably just because Line is out and there's some weird dynamic that that doesn't work without Line. Um, Dasney yeah. is a little less attractive without Line in the in the lineup, obviously. But yeah, he's. He's kind of been a flop so far, but top six uh, on the agreed, top power play. But Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor are still very good. Definitely, definitely. Um, and with the schedule, he's definitely worth the pickup. So who's getting time with Shifley then? Is that Veselainen? Did they pop him up there yet? I heard Veselainen was like warming up. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, finally. Waiting on that guy, Zach, since we started the fucking podcast. <laughs> five <laughs> five fucking years ago or whatever it was. I just got to wait for Daily Face Off to load. Jesus. Got it running on Google Chrome. Surprised my computer's not smoking. Andrew Cop. Yeah, it's, it's always Cop. This... It's always Cop. Yeah, so that's Winnipeg. Um, L.A. doesn't have too bad a schedule. I don't think this weekend they got Colorado. Like they're going to be punching up all all year. So like, let's not even talk about their matchups. Every matchup that they're going to have this entire year, even against Anaheim, is going to be tough for them. They got Colorado and they got St. Louis twice. They got a back to back set Saturday Sunday. But there are some guys that are worth talking about in Los Angeles. Jeff Carter, 22%. Uh, the point shares are a little bit unstable. They're the good hits and blocks so far. He is top five in shots on goal through the league, but he is second power play. Andreas Athanasiou, Zach, somebody that you were talking about earlier, 3% owned, got three more minutes, Tom on ice in his last game. So what I said on Tuesday for that episode is like, yeah, I just hate his time on ice. He got like 16 minutes, three goals on three shots, so far this year, it's a hard sell. Still second power play, just with the same with Jeff Carter. Adrian Kempe is the guy that we should be talking about. Top line, top power play, 1% owned. Quietly having a really good start. Four hits, two blocks, one goal on eight shots through three games. 15-30 average time on ice. But that's going to go up with a promotion to the top line. I can help you sell that a little bit because I don't think the matchups are, are as bad as they look You know, on the top level. You know, LA didn't give up their first power play goal. Until last night against Colorado. They're not the playing bad. First one all year. All year. They went. Uh, they killed nine in a row to start out the year. St. Louis, 42% on the pe- on the penalty kill. The total opposite. Hmm. And LA, uh, I, I like their matchup. We didn't talk about Alex Affalo. I, I think that he yeah. he's a decent pick up there. No, I think you're right, man. St. Louis giving up the third most goals. They're, they've, they're giving up this, the same amount of goals per game as the Sharks. Colorado kind of on the four top plus. half. They're yeah. giving up four plus per game. Four and a third. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So hopefully that's a wide open game. <laughs> I have Bennington against you right now. So well aware of Bennington's goals. <laughs> yeah, dude, that St. Louis San Jose game was just a blowout. The last guy yeah. that I actually oh, wanted to look at also on the Kings is Blake Lazat. Mm. He, he has a goal already this year. He's playing on that second line and playing with a hot Jeff Carter like we talked about. And then and Andreas Antonisiu on yep. the other side, who is also hot. So he's playing in between two hot players. He's throwing around blocks. I like his chances to score, um, especially from that second line time. This ties right back into that question that we were asked in the mailbag, like value on these lesser teams. There's there's value out there. Like Raj, you pointed it out with Detroit and Chicago right here in L.A. There's, there's people to have to go for it. Boys, I just got to update on Joe Thornton, who was hurt during the game we were just watching. Um, it looks like he's going to miss some time. So the under hit, can I say that? Like the under hit? Because before Thornton got hurt, 
they did switch it back to Hyman yep. on the top line. So Absolutely. I will confidently pat myself on the back. I took the under. I've been have not been a, <laughs> we all did, a yeah. Thornton horn tutor. <laughs> He's gonna miss a few games with being a hundred years old. It's trying to keep up with guys half his age. He's gotta take a week off now. I hope he's all right. Yeah. Another good uh, team that we didn't mention yet is Vegas. Has a couple against Arizona, who's been freakishly scoring, but won't continue that, I don't think. Yeah, they look different. They look different this year. Connor Garland is flying out. Yeah. Flying around out there on that ice. Flying around. He's pissing people off, too. (laughs) The under for uh, episodes until I say Nick Schmaltz, his name. It's got to be coming up soon. So, Raj, take your earphones out because I'm about to suggest Tyler Myers. Oh, whose yeah? et stats have been pretty solid. He's got uh, four hits, eight blocks, six shots on goal, one goal, two pims. Vancouver's looking at Montreal twice on Thursday and Saturday, which are typically heavy nights, but they're not this week. Mm-hmm. So, it you know, with Sunday being 11 games heavy, you might not have availability on Sunday. So just getting those Thursday, Saturday games might be more important to you guys this week. Uh, Tyler Myers, huge bangs. Uh, Tyler Mott, same deal. Nine hits, five blocks, nine shots on goal. He even scored a goal. It's not something I was expecting, but those those shots are great. Nils Hoglander still kind of repping power play two, second power play. One goal on eight shots, four pims, one hit, five blocks. Minutes are up over 17 minutes. uh, Pearson's a good stat filler, too. Yeah, I had in my notes here, I had uh, my notes just say Van has two against Montreal. Vancouver sucks, (laughs) but great for the banger. It's going to be great because those are going to be rough games, too. Like Montreal is just full of beef, basically. So, uh, guys, I have Montreal on this list, too. Mott, like all the guys you just said, Myers, all the physical guys are going to get tons of blocks and tons of hits over those two games. And the Montreal Cats might have a chance to to get some offense uh, against Whoever it is. Actually, you know what? I, I would love to selfishly give a shout out to my buddy Luke Marsden, who did Holtby's new mask. Yeah, dude. It looks good. It's uh, skating out onto the ice tonight for the first time. So, uh, way to go, man. That's awesome. Well done, sir. I've Killer seen artist, it. Yeah. It's a really cool yeah, mask, really too. Let's let's talk about the other side of those games. Montreal here. I think it's it's last call for Alexander Romanov. Last call. 38%. I think le- like the last time we t- we've talked about him every episode so far during the season and every episode his ownership is just like doubling. 10 hits, 6 blocks, 9 shots on goal. This is all through 3 games. 3 games, 2 blocks a game, over 3 hits a game, 3 shots a game. And two points, too. So fucking great. And he's he's getting under 19 minutes average time on ice, too. I think his ice time is going to go up as the season goes on. So there's just like the per 60s, the per minute stats are going to go up, too. Power play there, I think it's like 48 or 49% of the power play is going to Romanov. Dude, it's 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 so good. Yeah, the top 4D in Montreal is crazy. There's like they're deep they can all bang and play all four of those big four guys it's crazy montreal's an exciting team this year man you must be pretty pretty stoked over there yeah yes sir yes sir yes i see your shirt on right now too (laughs) toilet seat looking shirt you have there (laughs) come on man you're a vancouver i know it's the exact same same shape shape. (laughs) uh josh anderson this one's past last call i think i i have andre plot on here too so you know 63 percent josh anderson it's it's just a public service announcement i think you should probably give josh anderson a look six hits three blocks 13 shots two goals 
through the same three games as Romanov. Dig it. What other teams do you guys like this weekend? Uh, Colorado, Detroit, Minnesota has a couple against uh, San Jose. Not that there's a whole lot of exciting guys to pick up in Minnesota, but Winnipeg, It's like Parise or Bust. I've seen... I'll, okay, I'll give you this one. I've seen Kevin LeBanc available it's true. in certain leagues. Ryan Donato playing what do you, on the top line now. What do you think? <sighs> Who was it last episode, Rod? You were just like, I don't think. No, maybe it was Brandon Saad this episode. It's yeah. just, I don't think about him. Yeah, so I don't think about Kevin LeBach. Jeff Merrick loves him for some reason. He's always talking about him, and I just. He he made that bed two years ago, and he can't get out of it. I, so he's just got to keep hmm. thumping that drum. I just can't. I just, he, I just ignore him. I pretend he doesn't exist. He He's kind of like a Jake DeBrusque to me. Jake DeBrusque on the top line right now with Marshand and fucking Bergeron. I know he's going to burn me. Like, he just suckers me into this shit every single time. <laughs> and he always burns me. <laughs> so that's that's Kevin LeBach for me. We all kind of you know knew San Jose is better than they performed last year offensively, and they do definitely have a bigger spark this year. But I don't. Yeah, they got they got fifty plus games to fuck it up. So I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, the only other they look good, player yeah. slash team that uh, I had here is a guy who I've noticed on a couple of uh, wires is Buchnevich still available, okay. and yeah. uh, Lafreniere is basically sucking. So so far. So far. So we'll see. Um, I believe uh, I dropped Lafreniere for nothing today. <laughs> you just dropped him. Didn't pick anybody <laughs> up. Just like two middle fingers. In our, uh, <laughs> in our, what, 12-team leagues, pretty standard leagues, he didn't make my cut. He just didn't even, didn't make it, so. I dropped Cam Atkinson today. <sighs> Goodbye, Cam Columbus Atkinson. is so weird. They're having Goodbye, such a brutal start. He's not even shooting. <sighs> like, he's not even shooting. That's, that's what, what, he's what he's supposed to do. do. Yeah. That, that's his, that's like, that's Cam Atkinson. He's Brock Besser he's just, medium. Yeah, he's just going to go out there and just fire shots at the net for no reason. Sometimes they go in, but he's not even shooting. So I had to drop him. I picked up Capo Kacken, and that's why that's why I dropped to pick up Capo Kacken. I think it's going to work out. This game is going to be I interesting. So. It's on right now. I I'm, hope so. I'm you know, really pulling for the Wild just because I want them to be good, but they're just not going to be. They have four third-line centers on their team. Actually, they have two third line centers. They have two fourth line centers. Anyway, I have I have the other side of this Winnipeg schedule. I have Ottawa on here too, just because it's time to pump Drake Batherson's tires again. Top line, top power play, ten percent owned. That needs to go up. Nine hits, two blocks, thirteen shots on goal, three assists, two of them on the power play. Eighteen minutes of time on ice. Drake Batherson, gotta get this guy. Uh, Josh Norris. I think that Drake Batherson's probably the reason I'm beating you right now, Raj. I just. I, I just want the listeners to know. I think there's a few reasons. Uh, <laughs> he might be it's, one of It's them. Bennington, yeah. It's Bennington, uh, Bennington is a large part of that reason as well. But no, nah, he's he's all right. Um, I don't want to talk about it. Right now, Josh Norris, to be honest, too, I'm actually man. just loading up the Canucks game on the other screen here. Josh Norris, 6%. He's top line with Chucky and Batherson. Five hits, two blocks, six shots on goal. All of those shots were in the last game. I think he's got three points, a goal, two assists. Minutes up around 16. That's where I'm at. And I, I had Tampa on here as a good schedule. They got a pair of Columbus games this weekend. Anthony Sorelli, 58% owned, finally putting shots on goal. Seven shots on goal through two. They were both against Chicago, so you got to take the grain of salt. Two hits, one block, 18 minutes, three points. Andre Palat, 65%. You know, kind of just a PSA Top there. Top line. Top line. Tampa's good. They score goals. And Palat Columbus hits a lot, too. So. Does he? Oh, yeah. 
And Palat's been getting those goals, too. They score goals, and he's been getting them. He hits hmm. a Palat. Oh. Hey. Oh, my. Oh. oh my. Look at you, man. Hey. So we're so we're done, right? <laughs> That's curtains. Thank you, and good night, Cleveland. All right. <clears throat> Just some back-to-backs to kind of look out for Thursday, Friday. Colorado's got L.A. and Anaheim. So maybe we are going to see Miska. You know, I, I know those are two kind of minor league teams right there, L.A., Anaheim, but I, I just don't want it. I don't know what's going on with the Francos and Miska. I just don't trust him. I know, like, Eustace Inan is kind of the guy, like the heir apparent. And then there's Adam Werner. The, there's there's so many goalies that I just I don't have a read on Hunter Miska. So I'm just pushing him away, not even thinking about it. I'm not going for that start. Unless you're in a super fucking deep league and and you're really desperate. But yeah, just not going to co-sign that one. Saturday, Sunday, LA and St. Louis are playing a back-to-back set against each other. So we're going to see Huso again. We're going to see Cal Peterson. Um, Winnipeg has got Ottawa, then Edmonton. I would probably play Brassois against Ottawa, but uh, who knows how that's going to go. Is there anything else you guys wanted to bring up? Actually, one thing I made a note of here is if you kind of came up earlier, if you're looking sort of Zach style at picking up a guy for maybe a Saturday, Sunday and an early good schedule next week to kind of make a pickup this week for next week. I had guys like Mott and Pearson and those sort of peripheral Canucks you mentioned, but also Monaghan seems to be on some some waiver wires and they have a good schedule next week. I I'm a big fan um, of Ottawa schedule Canucks like they they kind of play almost the same schedule where Ottawa actually has a Sunday game like the the trio of games Vancouver Ottawa that's going to be that's going to be a bloodbath it's going to be good there's a lot of good schedules next week uh Chicago's up there like I think Philly too there's a lot of teams that have kind of the same schedule I think it's going to continue to get more and more interesting as the schedule explodes in all directions yeah <laughs> It's going to keep us on 10 our toes. games every day. Oh, man. That's what I, I mean. That's ideal. Actually, on that, I did hear on um, 31 like Thoughts, uh, Friedman was saying that they're actually redoing a section of the CBA, making an exception, because right now you're not allowed to play three nights in a row. Oh. And they're actually going to expand it to where they might even be allowed to play four in five. So the end of the, they're actually redoing some some exceptions for, this year for right now for this for this season. for this season just as like we have to get this they're gonna have to that. so yeah they're gonna have to so stuff that I mean if you're looking into the rules and stuff like that and you think well that's against the rules to do that they're actually changing the rules to make the condensing more possible so your original There's... theory to bookend the episode I guess is is absolutely legit things are gonna get really crazy might even be Fucking go back, have to go back to a bubble situation. Jesus. Oh, the, the, and there's no cushion between the regular season and there's three days between the regular season and the playoffs. And unless they can't really move things back because that starts to screw up with the NBC deal for the Olympics and stuff. So, yeah. you know, they're, they are really hogtied in this situation. But anyway, guys, that's it for us. Good to go. Curtains. Curtains. Yeah. So that's it. So that's our weekend preview. We, we are going to be back with you guys Sunday. So we got uh, the week preview. So we're doing the weekend. We're going to do the week and then we're going to come for Tuesday trends and the mailbag. So if you guys want to get something in the mailbag, be sure to join the discord and get it in and over there. We'll be happy to bring it up on the show if we have time and you guys can follow us on twitter at fhf hockey sharp is there and until next time guys we love you love you, love you.